Through music and film, the Novel Voices Refugee Aid Project is designed to give voice and visibility to local and international refugee communities and to encourage audiences and artists to become aware, connected, and involved in the lives and struggles of refugees. This is the Carr Petrova Novel Voices Podcast. My guests today are Molly Carr and Anna Petrova. How are you ladies? Hi, Max. Hi, Max. Tell us a bit about hashtag 50 days for refugees. Our original intention actually with the project was to be releasing stories and footage and document our journey all throughout. We would go into the camp and then our original thought was, oh, we're going to go home and we're just going to, you know, upload footage and tell all the world about what we just did. And we very quickly realized that wasn't quite going to work because there's a lot of other things that we needed to arrange and work through in order to make this project happen. And so this is our way for the end of this project to release all of this amazing experiences and music and, as you said, cultures and stories and people and and introduce everyone that we met along the way to get all of this information out into the world. So this will be 50 days walking through our whole year. Let's go over the first 10 days of hashtag 50 days for refugees, uh, which took place in the Yelling camp in Denmark from August 12th to August 21st, 2018. Day one feels like home. Yes, um, this was like starting a, a new life for us because we were venturing into a completely different and sort of challenging and scary territory. And meeting Alma on our first day was just what we needed to sort of calm us down and to give us that confidence and calmness that we needed in order to continue with our days of workshops and playing. Alma's story is also very interesting. She is a refugee herself. She escaped Bosnia in the 90s and went to Denmark. And so she started a new life there. And because of her experiences, she volunteered to work for the Danish Red Cross and wanted to give back and help people in her situation. And now she is the headmaster of the school and the music teacher of the kids. Alma, as you will see in our post, was just full of care, of love, welcoming. We didn't speak Danish and she understood English, but she didn't feel comfortable speaking it. And so even though we were not fully understanding what she was saying through her gestures and through her smile and through her just entire body language, we were kind of figuring out what she was telling us. 
Alma actually apparently, when she first came to Denmark, came to Yelling, and where she lived for the first, I believe, two years in a tent was exactly the place where when they built the Danish Red Cross school, that room where she taught was where she lived. So it was kind of this beautiful, seeing outside of times, uh, an amazing thing develop. Day two, 60 seconds with Miser. You met a lot of incredible human beings on your journey. Can you talk about that day? When we first set things up with the Danish Red Cross to come and work with the students in the yelling camp, we were told that we would have two, one or two translators. And so we thought, well, that's great. That's you know fabulous and um, carried on our way. And then maybe um, yeah, 48 hours before we were supposed to enter the camp, we got an email saying, we're very sorry, we don't have translators anymore. Something happened, you won't have a translator. And we went, oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? So we ended up looking up all different languages we could possibly think of on Google Translate and wrote down all of these questions about all the things we wanted to ask them. We're downloading all of on the Google Translate app, trying to figure out what we we're gonna do. Also made all of our, our musical handouts for the class with Emojis, emojis, like musical emojis, like hey, maybe it sounds like this, maybe they can understand this. So yeah, we discovered that emojis are a very useful translation tool. And we thought, what? who could we write to try and find a translator? How are we going to make this work? And so we ended up writing someone actually with Church World Services, who then wrote back immediately after saying that I've written to Her Royal Highness Princess Elizabeth of German-Danish royalty. She happens to be in her castle on the Baltic Sea. And I've also written to the German Grand Prioress. And don't worry, we're going to find your translator. And we're reading this. Wow. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. If anyone knew <laughs> what's going on here. So it was actually a, a beautiful moment in our darkest moment realizing that there are a lot of people out there who are willing to help and ready to help. And so through Her Royal Highness and her German Grand Prioress and all of these very fancy people, we ended up securing two translators who were Mesar and Joanna. Day three, Bechnam from Afghanistan. Yeah, so Bechnam was one of those kids who was extremely attentive and very happy to listen to the music and to listen to our workshop and we could see that he was very taken by the music and so when Molly and I give our individual lessons he was learning both viola and piano he was interested in both instruments but he said that he would love to learn how to play piano and that he had been telling his parents about it but their situation is such that they can't exactly focus right now on that so Bechnam, when we were teaching him how to read music, it was an exceptional feat for us uh, that he achieved. Literally in 30 minutes, he learned the intricacies of music notation. And we don't mean just, you know, where is middle C. He learned sharps and flats and naturals and things that are challenging for my average little kid student. And he learned them in a, in a very, very fast, very little time. 
We were teaching him how to play Mission Impossible, where Molly was playing the viola and he was playing the piano part. It was always really hard for us to leave whenever we would go and do these workshops and spend this time with the, the people and, and the kids that we worked with in the camps. But I had a really hard time, I think Anna did too, leaving Bechnam because when we said bye, we, we gave him a hug and we really hope we get to come back and see you. And he told us, you're not going to come back. And he looked at us and it, like, I don't think I'm going to see you again. <laughs> like a knife in the heart I didn't I've, I mean he yeah he was probably right and like we, who knows if he you know will be able to stay in Denmark and and even if we yeah when we go back and yeah it was that was a hard one that walking away that that one hurt a lot is a special story for us also because we felt like he had such passion for music which was not discovered and maybe it will be discovered we spoke with all of his teachers telling them that he's very talented that he should be hopefully they can find him a piano teacher from a local church who can just teach him continuously and he can learn uh, to play the piano we've often talked about the story as how in our very modest and little way through this project that we have tried to influence the life individually of the people we've met and that possibly with Behnam, if he continues with learning the piano and playing and with the passion that he has, that this could be possibly a new path for him that can change his future in a way and that we really hope for that, we really hope so. Day Four Nightmares is about your friend Mohammed from Kuwait, who was also in the yelling refugee camp, and you were shooting video during your time there. This clip that you have has Mohammed answering three questions. What do you miss from Kuwait? What do you like about Denmark? And what are the three things you dislike about the world? Well, first off, Mohammed was one of our most fun kids that we worked with in the very camp. Energetic. Yes, very energetic. Always had something to say. We didn't always know what it was because it was um, a lot of times in Arabic, but <laughs> he's <laughs> he like, so it was habit. Yeah, he has. So yeah. There were actually two Mohammeds in the afternoon lessons when we were giving all of the individual lessons on viola and piano. He was. I think had the most 
fun, just like goofing off, enjoying playing on Mission Impossible. Yeah. Um, ants go up the yeah. I forget the what it is. The, the, the yeah, yeah, and and just yeah, just yeah. really a joyful heart and a kid. It's part of the interview that our filmmaker was filming while we were teaching. Right. Musical instruments. Yeah, and so when we watched it, she asked this, this, and this, and every time he comes to try and say nightmares, he stops. He can't say it. He it's like there's it. something, there's something that stops him. I was like, wow. And so I, I put the headphones on and watched, and sure enough, it was this really powerful moment. A lot of the kids that we met, I feel like we were more heavy at heart than obviously than they were. We know how the situation would probably impact their psyche and their soul. But what we saw in Denmark and in Bulgaria and in, in the West Bank and everywhere else we've met kids is how pure and, and still naive and and gentle they are and how rambunctious also and wild and competitive the two Mohammeds were super competitive in our piano lessons they wanted to like play with each other and who's gonna do it better you know and ask me did I do it right was he better than me you know so they were just regular kids day five the bongo king is also about a Muhammad, a different Muhammad. Is this Muhammad from Kuwait as well? Yes, Muhammad, the Bongo King, is also from Kuwait. He lives in the yelling camp, just, just two minutes, yeah, two yeah. minutes away from the school where we were giving the lessons. When we were watching through the footage, it was, oh my God, our, even, even watching the footage, our hearts were melting. He had the most charming, amazing smile. Yeah. He was one of the first kids that came running up to us when we first walked in the school. And he was just, like Anna was saying, he was a kid. He was just so, so sweet and, and fun and a beast of a foosball player too. <laughs> we had fun playing with him. <laughs> it was yeah, yeah. What it was at the end of the piano lesson. He was like, "Okay, am I done? I'm gonna go play foosball." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Enough learning piano. It's too hard anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's a very special kid. Well, Molly and Anna, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for talking with us. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Max. Thank you.